You're listening to the preaching ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas, where we are proclaiming the authority of God's Word without apology. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you as you seek to worship Christ, walk with Christ, and work for Christ, all to the glory of God. For more information about our church, please visit redemption.bible. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon at one of our upcoming worship services. That being said, uh, we are going to be in John 8, 31 through 59 this morning. So you can open your copy, uh, kind of stick your finger in there or bookmark, um, and we'll get there. Uh, we are thankfully continuing our walk through the gospel according to John. So we took a week off last week. We had uh, Pastor Ian come in and preach a great message, uh, really talking about Abraham and um, we will actually talk about Abraham today, too, but we're, uh, we're continuing our walk through John. And so part of us as, as a church, we, one of our pillars is just unapologetic preaching. We're going to preach from God's Word, even when there's hard things that it says. And so I'm going to tell you right now, today, there's going to be some hard things. Uh, the gospel is offensive to those who have not yet believed. And so, but we're not going to shy away from it. We're going to, we're going to preach it, all right? Um, but before we get started, I have a question for you, because we're going to be talking about spiritual lineage today. And so my question is, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many people have uh, maybe gone online, gotten on one of those ancestry websites? I can't say the name because, you know, I don't know if that's allowed. Or done like a DNA test to see where you came from? Maybe old school, like went to libraries and searched like, you know, gravestones and all that to find your lineage. I did a few years back. Um, you know, what, it's funny because growing up, my grandma had, used to tell us that uh, one of our ancestors came across on the Mayflower. And it was really important to her. Like she bragged about that all the time. Um, when I did my research, I, I didn't see it. So I don't know for sure. <laughs> But, um, you know, it, it's funny because now looking back, I, I realized what I was really doing as I was searching that ancestral, ancestral line is I, I was looking for identity. I was trying to see who I am. Where do I come from? And to be honest, I was probably trying to find some self-worth, right? Because we all want to get in there and find out that we're the sixth cousin twice removed from somebody famous's college roommate or whatever, right? <laughs> and unfortunately, not famous either or any way uh, connected. So, uh, but that lineage, that idea of lineage is, is very important to us. And today we're going to actually talk about spiritual lineage, which is different than that, that earthly lineage, that genetic lineage. And so, uh, like I said, we are going to be in John 8. We're going to start in 31. It's 31 through 59, which is a pretty large chunk of Scripture. So I'm going to break it into three chunks and go along. But before we get started, I want us to know our main point, right? And so if you're a note taker, and I hope you are, write this down. Truth and freedom are found in Jesus, not our pedigree. Again, truth and freedom are found in Jesus, not our pedigree. And so, to illustrate this, uh, as we go through, and I'm going to read, but 
we'll see that there's kind of a, a, an aspect of our spiritual lineage that we're going to talk about. And specifically, there's a, a, a phrase that Jesus says about his word. And we'll look at both of those as we go through. So join me, uh, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are offspring of Abraham. We have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father." God's word for us today. And so the first aspect of our spiritual lineage that we're going to talk about is, is spiritual son, sonship. Uh, you know, and I'll just say up front, when, when we're talking about this in, in the context of like a son of God, it, it's including all genders, male and female, the only two there are, right? It, it's including both genders, and it's really talking about children of God. But there is a spiritual son who is above all, and that is Jesus. And what Jesus tells us in this passage that we want to pay attention to is the idea of abide in my word. Jesus' disciples find truth and freedom in his word. And so as we're looking at this passage, it's interesting because it says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him. And so if we think two weeks back, this was the last line of what Pastor Blair talked about in the last passage, right? It says, Many believed him. And he starts his discussion with them with the word if. Right? Says He's talking to ones that believe, and he says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And so what this shows us is that maybe their belief wasn't a true belief a heart-changing, transformational belief. Maybe it was just a mental ascent. Maybe it was an excitement for what they pictured was the Messiah, right? Because their mind, they, they wanted the conquering king who was going to come and, and get them out of oppression, kind of an earthly king, a, a horizontal king, and, and he's telling them, no, we're, you got it all wrong. What you need to believe in and truly believe in is vertical, and, and so there's a big difference between belief and surrender to Christ. And, and I'll just read James 2, 19. He puts it way better than me, and it's kind of a hard hitter. It says, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. The demons believe that Jesus is God. They don't surrender to him. They don't follow him. But they believe it. And sometimes our belief stops at a knowing in our head. 
But what Jesus tells us is we don't need that kind of belief. We need transformational belief, a belief that happens in our heart. And this comes as we abide in his word. And this word abide is the same word that they use in the Old Testament as God's presence came to abide with his people. When when he was leading them out of slavery in Egypt and to the promised land, his presence came to abide. First in the tent of meeting, then in the tabernacle, and his people were established in the temple. His presence abided. It lived with. And so Jesus is telling us, just as God's presence abided with his people, we need to abide in his word. Abide is to live in, dwell with, obey, continue in, and keep. And so I want to tell you, as as a believer, we need to examine this. Because if abide is to live in, and the only time we hear God's word is on a Sunday, we're not living in his word. We're visiting. We're not abiding. We're, We're just visiting the word. And are we allowing it to do the transformational work that it needs to do? And that transformational work is demonstrated by our fruit, by how we live our lives. There's a heart-level change that happens as we believe that Jesus is not just God, but he is our God. And that belief, that abiding, should lead us to a knowledge of the truth, knowing the truth. You see, the, 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 tran- the, the way it goes along is we abide and then we know the truth, and we are set free. And so, as we abide, we gain that understanding of truth, truth in God's word, and we let the truth of God's word shape our lives. We don't try to shape God's word to fit our lives. And so, truth is a sticking point in our world today, isn't it? Like they say, you get a truth, and I get a truth, and, and somehow they can both be right, which if you think about it, makes absolutely no logical sense. Truth is truth. It doesn't shift. And how can, if we have differing, differing truths, how can one of us be right? And so thank God that he has given us truth. He has given us truth. As we abide in his word, we realize what truth is. In fact, we realize who truth is. Truth has a name. Truth is Jesus. In in later part of John, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And so we want to be abiding in the truth. We want to be learning truth. And the great peace that it gives us, the great comfort it should give us if we are believers, is that truth is unchanging and unchangeable, immutable, right? And the only way truth can be unchanging and unchangeable is if it comes from a God who is immutable, unchanging, unchangeable. And so when we know that, when we understand truth, it should bring us great peace. It should help us to live a life because we know it is real, 
true and unchanging. And so we can abide in the word of Christ. We can follow him and we can lead this path that says, okay, as I'm abiding, I know truth and it will set me free. That, that knowing truth sets us free. And it's funny because there's this disconnect as Jesus is telling them. He says, look, you say that you're free in Abraham. In fact, it says, they say, we've never been enslaved to anyone, which is an absolutely absurd statement from them. <laughs> right? Like he, and he's reminding them of this as he talks about being a slave to sin. As a people, you were a slave, and I brought you out of Egypt. I led you out of slavery to freedom. In fact, as we look at just their history, they were in bondage or conquered by the Philistines, Babylon, Persia, Syria, and at the time he's talking to them, they're under the oppression of the Romans. Yet they say, never been enslaved to anyone. How do you say you will become free? And so he's saying, look, I'm not even going to deal with how absurd that is. I'm going to talk to you about this, this horizontal, fleshly, earthly understanding and a vertical understanding, a spiritual understanding of that freedom. And so as they base their freedom on a lineage, he tells them no. He tells them, you're still slaves to sin. And he says, a slave doesn't remain in the house forever, a son does. And so here's that idea of the spiritual lineage of the son, right? Children of God, the the son has a different position in the home. The slave's position is, as a household slave, even as they're brought in and kind of made part of the family, their position's tenuous. It's not set. It's not sure where the son is absolutely set. He is an heir. He he remains in the household forever. So the slave has a temporary status where the son has a forever status. So when we talk about this, we we see this idea of of slave and free. And it's interesting because if you were to come to me before I came to Christ, or maybe you right now, or, or, you know, pick people who are in this mindset, and you told me that I wasn't free, I would tell you, what are you talking about? I'm free. I'm American. This is the land of the free, right? I can do whatever I want. And that's not true freedom. Because even saying that, I can't do whatever I want, right? True freedom is surrender. True freedom comes from surrendering and humbling ourselves before our God. We are free when that happens, to depend fully on God. We're free to worship only our God. We're free to live for God. I want to take a minute because sometimes we can 
let this idea of sin mess up our head a little bit, right? So, well, if, if I'm a follower of God, but he says I'm a slave to sin, and, and, and if I remain in that sin, what, what's that mean? Well, I will tell you, if you are a child of God, if you have surrendered to Jesus, you're still going to sin, probably daily, right? But what he's talking about is the idea of habitual, continual, unrepentant sin as, as a picture, as a characteristic of your life. There's no remorse over it, and these people are held in bondage of sin. And he's saying you can be free from that. And so he finishes this out by saying, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you speak of what you've heard from your father. It's going to bring us to our next point, and I'm going to just pick up our passage in verse 39. You can read with me. It says, They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. And they said to him, We are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So here we get to talk about the spiritual father. And if you see, Jesus tells him to hear my words because God's children hear truth. And so he continues with this contrasting conversation with these Jewish people who he's shown them have not truly believed. And it's funny because they start off and they reaffirm, they double down on their uh, earthly heritage, right? Their ancestral lineage. That, and Jesus tells them, like, hey, I know you say Abraham's your father. Abraham's not your father. If Abraham was your father, you'd do what he did. Abraham had faith, and you're not doing what Abraham did. And so they come back, right? And first, they try to disgrace or discredit Jesus by saying, we're not from sexual immorality. Trying to cast a doubt on the virgin birth. 
And then they continue and say, we have one Father, even God. And Jesus comes back, he says, God is not your Father. Look, if God was your Father, you would love me. Because I'm from God and I'm one with God. The, the fruit of being a child of God is that you love Jesus. And he comes back, he says, you cannot stand to hear my word because you're not of God. God's children hear his word. You don't hear it because you aren't his. Now, this is the second time where Jesus says that he calls out their father. And he's told them now, your father's not Abraham. Your father's not God. And he says, you're hearing from someone else. He says, the devil is your father, the Satan, the accuser of God's people. And Jesus calls him out. You're of your father, the devil, and your will is to do his desire. And his desires, it says, are to murder and lie. Now this is important, and I want everybody to listen and grab hold of this. The truth that it's showing us is there is no neutral. There's no in-between. You are either a child of God or your daddy is the devil. I know it sounds funny, but it's a, it's a harsh reality. This, this should do something to us as believers. It should make us all the more desirous of sharing the gospel. Because if there's a person out there who says, I don't follow Jesus, there's only one other camp for them. They're of the devil. Their eternity is, is on a path for hell and damnation. And we as children of God have received such grace. And even as Jesus lays out these arguments, he's presenting them a chance of grace. But there's no neutral. There's no in-between. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says it this way. This is for all of us. And you were dead spiritually dead, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. That is another name for the Satan. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Should sit heavy on us. Right? And what he says is, there's ways to tell. Do you hear the word of the Father? Do you, do you hear the truth and acknowledge that it is true? Does it transform your life and change things about you? Do we love Jesus? And does that love transform our words and our ways? Or are we liars and murderers? Now you might say, I've never murdered anybody. I hope not. But what he's saying in this is that murder 
hatred, death, is what Satan brought into the world when he tempted Adam and Eve. And his desires continue. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you're not following Christ, you might say, hey, I'm a pretty honest person, but I will tell you, you are a liar because you are living a lie. If the truth is Christ and you're not living under that truth, you're living a lie. So we want to look at that and do some reflecting. Listen, no one can claim God as their father if they won't surrender to Christ as their Savior. There's one way in. That's the only way to be adopted into the family of God. It's through the saving work of Christ, period. We, like the Jews in this passage, don't get to rely on our ancestry as a means of salvation. We can't be saved by Abraham. Even though in Galatians 3, 7 through 9, talks about us as children of Abraham, it says, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And so, though Abraham is a blessing, is by his faith, not his ancestral line. We are children of Abraham because of our faith in Christ. The other thing that we have to know is that we don't get to be saved. We can't claim salvation by hanging around church. We, we, we don't rub off salvation. Our, our praying grandmother, bless her for her faithfulness, won't save you. You can come from a long line of pastors. You can have all the righteous religious people in your life, and none of it saves you. Spiritual lineage is one generation deep. Always and only. Spiritual lineage is always and only one generation deep. It is you and God. We're adopted as a child of God, made possible through the work of Christ, as we're regenerated through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And my friend told me this week, God doesn't have grandchildren, only children. (laughs) So this spiritual lineage we have as children of God, we've seen we abide in his word, which leads to knowing truth and freedom. We hear his word because those who are not of God do not have the word, the truth in them, and they can't bear to hear it. And now we're going to read this last section. It says, The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? And Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, 
but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he could see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. In this final passage, we're talking about spiritual legacy. As children of God, what is our spiritual legacy? And it is to keep God's word. And as a result of keeping God's word, we are free from death. We will never see or taste spiritual death. And at this point in the discussion, the Jews are just hurling insults, right? Like everything they've come back, they, they presented as their argument, Jesus just shuts it down. And so they go for a character assassination, right? You're a Samaritan and a demon. You have a demon. And what they're saying is, like, you're a heretic and, and you have... You know, you're blaspheming. You, you have a demon controlling you. And Jesus, very calmly, it looks like, just comes back. He says, I don't have a demon, right? I honor my father, but you dishonor me. And it's funny because when I, when I think about their, their outburst, really, it reminds me of like kids on the playground, and they're having an argument, and they get to the point where one goes, oh, yeah, well, you're, you're, you're your stupid head. Like, I don't have anything else to say. But Jesus tells him, he's not your God. You say he's your God, but you don't know him. They bring up Abraham. He says, Abraham had faith and he rejoiced in my day. And it's funny because then they throw out this idea, like, how do you, you've seen Abraham? You're not even 50, which, which might seem like an odd number. But if we look back in, into Numbers uh, chapter 4, it actually talks about the service of the Levites. And so they served until they were 50 years old, and then they retired, right? And so they're saying, like, you're not even old enough to retire. And you're saying you've seen Abraham? And he's telling them, look, you're still looking through the wrong lens. All you can see is this. 
And I'm talking a spiritual lineage. I'm talking about eternal life, about being children of God. And you're stuck on just this, what I can see. He's saying, you got to change your lens. And when he says, like he drops the big I am, like mic drop, done talking about it, right? When he says this I am, goes back to Exodus 3, as Moses is standing there at the burning bush, and, and God has revealed himself, and he's commissioned Moses to go and lead his people out of Israel. Or, I'm sorry, out of Egypt. And, and, and he goes, well, what am I going to tell him? And so in Exodus 3, 13 through 14, it says, Then Moses said to God, if, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers, Abraham, right, has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am the covenant name of God, Yahweh, as we pronounce it, right? And when Jesus makes this statement, before Abraham was, I am. I am God. I have always been God from the beginning. And I stand before you, giving you an opportunity to see this, to extend grace again. And they know exactly what he's saying. And their response is they pick up stones to try and kill him. And he walks away because it's not yet his time, as he's done a few times so far. This is interesting because if we're honest, people tend to like the idea of a Jesus that fits their desires and their design. But when they're confronted with the truth, oftentimes the ones who cheered at his coming chant for his death. They pick up the stones because they cannot stand to see the truth in front of them and be confronted. What's this all mean for us? It means the same thing it did for them. There's no human lineage that's going to save us. Doesn't matter what your pedigree looks like. Doesn't matter how much you researched your ancestry. I don't care if you can trace it back to Abraham. It ain't going to save you. The only lineage that matters is our personal adoption to the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. Jesus lays out a clear path. He invites them. He shows them the error of their ways, and he does that just for us today as well. If we are thinking we have salvation just because we've shown the outward signs of religion, we're not there. Just because grandma was a believer doesn't save us. Grace saves us, that 
that faith that we are given to believe and surrender to Christ is what saves us. Our spiritual lineage is given to us through Jesus. It is a great grace. And so if we have surrendered to Christ, he has changed our position to be children of God, a son and daughter of the Most High King, then I hope you hear this today and there's an urgency to abide in his word, to know truth, to keep his word. And by doing that, we, we should be sharing how he has transformed us. And if you're not a follower, I pray that this would make you tremble to know your position and where you stand. That, that eternity is coming still, but it's the wrong place. And we hope that you would receive that grace and come into the presence of Christ for eternity. So with that, let me pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. Lord, we need you. We want to recognize that you are the only way, the only truth, the only life in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you made a way for us to come and be adopted. That through the price that Jesus paid for the wrath he bore for our sin, he set us free from the slavery and bondage of this world. And he has allowed us the chance to by grace, through faith, become children of God. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that sometimes it is hard, but it is always for our good. We pray that we would live a life that glorifies you. Lord, I pray that you're continuing to work in us. That for those you've started the good work, Lord, we can trust that you will continue it to the day of completion. And for those who you have yet to call, we pray that you would use your word. It would be effective in their hearts and that they would know the truth and be set free. Lord, we turn our hearts to you. We set our minds on you. We thank you for spiritual lineage. And we trust you in all things. We know that we can only do this through our Lord, our Savior, our matchless King, King Jesus, and it is in his name that we pray. Amen.